From Odyssey, I'm Lauren Berry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we unpack top stories out of our radio newsrooms across the country. On Deadline today is the fire that blazed across the Hawaiian island of Maui last week. It's the deadliest wildfire the United States has had in a century. And it came during what feels like a summer of wildfire. A summer that turned the sun orange and brought air quality warnings that had some people wearing masks outdoors again. Smoke has stretched from the Canadian wildfires to Detroit, Chicago, New York, and other major U.S. cities, on and off all summer. Images on social media have shown smoke blanketing them in this dystopian haze. And even one of the most beautiful spots on the earth wasn't safe from the threat of sudden wildfire. There, in Maui, search and rescue teams have been working through the area affected by the blaze. Maui Police Chief John Pelletier confirmed the deaths of at least 99 people at the time of this podcast recording Tuesday. Fires ravaged the historic town of Lahaina and other neighboring towns, leaving residential homes, restaurants, and businesses a sea of charred rubble. The world hasn't seen anything like it outside of a war zone. Altogether, the state is estimating that the blaze caused upwards of $6 billion worth of damage. President Joe Biden approved a disaster declaration last week. This will allow residents to access federal assistance for grants such as temporary housing and home repairs, as well as low-cost loans to cover property losses that are not insured, and more. Still, there's so much devastation that many people wonder what it'll take for the island to come back. Brittany Kalahalakai is a business owner who was born and raised on Maui. She's helping out with a donation center, and she spoke with Odyssey in San Francisco about their most pressing needs. Are you seeing donations as well, or is that hard to come by being on an island? Um, no, I actually am getting many phone calls from our neighboring islands. Um, also, prior to your call, um, we just set up a donation that is coming from our neighbor island, Honolulu, um, Oahu, and they are actually collecting items on the neighboring island, and Aloha Cargo is actually going to ship that over to Maui within the next two days to help support and give relief to the island. What do you guys need the most? You know, I just spoke with some people there at the actual site. There's tons of hot food currently, um, but they're looking for a lot of baby items, you know, like uh, I would say personal hygiene items is what they had mentioned, um, medical supplies, you know, gloves, gauze, things of that sort. Uh, let's see, sorry. They're still seeking some men clothing. I think they got tons of women's and children's, just some men items, some activities, you know, for the kids. There are a lot of young children as well as middle-aged children that are, are also there that, you know, are kind of not doing anything that they wanted to keep busy to just kind of help them not feel as displaced. Yeah, sure. How how have the fires affected utilities? Uh, I, do you have power? Uh, we, we know that the communication has been really difficult uh, getting mm -hmm. to people who are on the island. Yeah, here in my area, we haven't seen much of an issue. Um, the towers, obviously, in Lahaina have completely burnt, so they have no um, service in that area. There are some spots that I know people were walking or going driving to in Lahaina where they were trying to get a hold of family members that were successful. But as of right now, I am not aware if that has been fully restored. 
Some people might be wondering what they should do about upcoming flights to Maui and other Hawaiian islands now that the area has been hit so hard by these fires. Jimmy Tokioka, the director of the Department of Business, Economic Development, and Tourism for the state, addressed the concern, saying that he wants people who are traveling to Hawaii to know that the islands are open. Others have spoken out against tourism in the aftermath of the fire. Actor and Hawaiian native Jason Momoa recently said that no one should travel to Maui at this time, saying, quote, Do not convince yourself that your presence is needed on an island that is suffering this deeply. Momoa said that right now the island needs support, as well as time to heal, grieve, and restore. CBS travel editor Peter Greenberg joined Odyssey in New York City to discuss the devastating wildfires in Hawaii. Well, the airlines are increasing their frequency, but that's mostly to help first and second responders and to get some of the people there who have been trapped there out of the island, either to neighbor islands or back to the mainland. Oh, boy. If you're planning a trip to Maui right now, and it's on the books, not a good idea to go. Uh, you know, West Maui and Lahaina, and I'm not exaggerating, have been devastated. Some might even say destroyed. Even the harbor is gone. So right now, not a good idea to go because they had a housing crisis there before the fires. And now you have a lot of people left homeless and in shelters that are already overflowing. Oh, boy. Uh, and it sounds, Peter, like it might be some time before it's, it is safe to book anything to Hawaii. Well, not to Hawaii. You can certainly go to Kauai, you can go to uh, Lanai, you can go to Honolulu and to parts of the Big Island. But but Maui right now, not a good idea. Sadly, the fires in Maui are not the only ones to hit the country this year. Earlier this summer, wildfires north of the United States border in Quebec, Alberta, and Manitoba, Canada, pushed air quality levels into dangerous zones in several major metropolitan areas. The air quality was so bad that it could be seen, resulting in this ominous orange haze. Health officials from multiple states, including New York, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Minnesota, were forced to issue warnings about the smoke. Some warned that the situation could get dire for those who suffer from medical conditions such as asthma, and urge people to stay inside. Now those warnings ring as true as ever in the aftermath of the fires on Maui. Dr. Nikki Vars-McCullough, respiratory protection expert for 3M Safety Division, talked with Odyssey in Dallas about the best ways we can protect ourselves. Yeah, wildfire smoke is really, really, really small particles. And these small particles, um, they're outside, and they can get inside your house. So... If there's wildfire smoke in your area, uh, you really do want to try to seal up your house so that as many of those particles stay outside, but because they're so small, they can get inside. Absolutely. And that can cause all kinds of respiratory issues. Yeah, you might notice if, if it's bad air quality outside, you might notice that your eyes are itchy, your throat feels irritated, you might notice yourself coughing. Uh, People with lung and heart disease, children of the elderly, might suffer these effects much more than other people. What other things can contribute to unhealthy levels of particles in the air? Yeah, in addition to wildfire smoke, we also can can see things get in the air like just dirt and dust from roads, uh, from fields when the wind is blowing. You might also just have factory emissions, car and truck emissions. 
that can contribute to poor air quality, particularly during certain weather conditions. So what are some ways to help maintain good indoor air quality? Yeah, the, the first thing you want to do if the air quality outside is bad is to make sure that you're keeping your house closed up. Close your windows, close your doors, try to stay inside. Um, but as we talked about, those little tiny particles can get inside your house. So filtering the air inside your house is also a really important thing to maintain good air quality inside your home or your building. And you can do that by using a filter. If you have an HVAC system, you can buy a high efficiency filter, like a filtrate filter, and keep your fan running. Uh, use that high efficiency filter, change it out often. If you don't have an HVAC system, I don't, I have a really old house. And so I use room air purifiers in the middle of the room, uh, again, with a high efficiency filter. And I just keep that indoor air filtering. And also you wanna restrict things that could add even more particles. Like you wanna avoid burning candles, certain types of cooking, making fires in the fireplace just really focusing on fewer particles in the air, if possible. Yeah, you brought up air purifiers. I've always wondered, do those really work? I found personally that they, they really help in my house where I don't have an HVAC system. Again, I make sure to leave that fan running. I buy a high efficiency filter and I try to make sure that they're a little more in the center of the room rather than stuffed into a corner so they get good air circulation. When we're talking about going outside, a lot of times we'll get those air quality alerts uh, from the National Weather Service. If we can't avoid going outside on a day like that, what's the best way to protect us and our family? Yeah, again, staying inside is what, you know, the top recommendation, but a lot of people have to work outside or you just have to get kids to school, walk the dog. Um, and so you really want to think about how can we reduce the number of particles we breathe into our lungs. And one of the ways you can do that is to use an N95 respirator mask. Beyond health, there's also an economic impact to wildfires. Economist Dave Sawyer told Odyssey in San Francisco that the cost of wildfires and lives lost and billions of dollars spent could be the catalyst that finally makes the government and business invest in fighting climate change in a big way. Given that climate change is um, getting worse, if you will, and these fires seem worse than they've ever been and, and even getting bigger, can you look out even further? Are there projections that you're making based on that? So we did. We did an economy-wide assessment, and, and there's been a, a number done in the U.S. as well. And basically, we, we in Canada looked at 15 impact areas, of which extreme events were one, so floods, ice storms, wind storms, tornadoes, that sort of thing. Um, and those have been going through the roof in terms of the number of those uh, events and the cost of those events, particularly in the last 10 years. Then we have all kinds of other impacts like supply chain disruptions, labor productivity impacts. People can't work. It's so hot. I mean, look what's going on in Texas right now. So suddenly households lose income and business costs uh, go up. Um, yeah, all kinds of impacts uh, right across the economy. And yeah, it's a big it's a big drag in the economy look, looking into the future. What can regions do to prepare for these sadly inevitable situations um, from an economic standpoint? I don't know. Is there insurance? Is there savings? Is there proactive spending that can be done? Yeah, so prevention, so adaptation to climate impacts. And so we did a bunch of analysis that looked at 
implementing measures like green roofs on on warehouses, for example, just as one simple example, reducing sort of the cost impacts in in factories or excuse me, the heat impacts in factories. Um, And so we looked at a whole series of those measures. We put them in uh, the model and those uh, avoid a bunch of costs. And the payback on those is quite large. It's sort of five to one payback because of all these supply chain impacts I talked about earlier. So prevention pays. So government really has to, governments have to get on it in a big way. Is there a way to get them to listen? <laughs> <laughs> well, wildfire smoke will get everybody's attention. You know, climate change used to be thought of as this future, you know, someone else's problem. Small island state, as the, as the sea level rises, that's not us in San Francisco, or, in, or in, I live in Ottawa and Canada. It's not us, but suddenly it is us. Maui residents continue to suffer from the impact of these wildfires. To offer support to those affected, or to get support if you've been affected, visit mauinuistrong.info. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Christy Strauser, Myron Kaplan, and Bill Smee. I'm Lauren Barry, and I want to say thanks for listening to the On Deadline podcast, Odyssey's deeper look at a top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts to stay informed.